Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mapping the College Audition a podcast where we explore the landscape of the college theater world and try to demystify this daunting audition process. I'm your host, Charlie Murphy, director of MTCA, that's Musical Theater College Auditions, and today we have a heart and soul-filled show lined up for you. Uh, Ricky Oliver from Hart, or the University of Hartford, is an old friend of MTCA's. We say old a bunch in this episode, but Ricky is a very young man, like myself. For the past two years, he's participated in our private walk-in auditions with MTCA, and our students have had such great experiences with him, as have we. Um, today on the show, uh, we get into the great humans that make up heart. Uh, we talk about the acting and MT training and how they learn in tandem. We talk about the advantage that you can take of minors. Um, we talk about cool professional opportunities that you'll get. The actors can work at Hartford Stage and the MTs at Goodspeed. Um, we talk about some study abroad programs. We talk about Ricky's anti-robot agenda. Um, we talk a bit about how scholarships are divided. And we talk a bit about Showcase. But Megan, before we dive into this episode with Ricky, it's happening right now. I know. It, in April, decisions are being made. We're <laughs> photos. Waitlist movement is really starting to happen as those commitments. Of course, those two things are happening in concert with each other. Yeah. Final negotiations are happening, which we talk a lot about in this episode. So listen in for that scholarship stuff. What a time. What a time. And I know that it's like hard to, you know, send that email, like click that button to put those deposits down. But mm. there's some great thoughts from our artists and faculty members that you should tune into students. But what a time to be making a decision and the next step forward into your journey. Mm-hmm. And if it feels like saying that means you have to decide right now, of course you don't. You still <laughs> have some time. We have some weeks ahead yet. But um, yeah, we're really in the, the meat of that season now as we listen to this. Mm-hmm. But without any further ado, let's get to Ricky Oliver from Heart. Well, we are honored to have Ricky Oliver on the pod today. Uh, Ricky has a BFA in music theater from this very University of Hartford, an MFA in acting from Brown University slash Trinity Rep. Um, He's acted in New York City and internationally. He's taught at Brown University, Cap 21 Malloy College, DeSales University, and is now the chair of acting training at Hartford University, or the University of Hartford, I should say, um, which is located in West Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, They take classes of about 25 musical theater, 12 to 14 actors. They offer degrees of BFA in acting, BFA in music theater, as well as some other degrees in the theater world. Ricky, welcome on the pod. How are you doing? I'm great. That was the best introduction I've ever had. So you're hired. 
Come on, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I do these pods mostly just for the introductions. Just it's a chance for me to get to hear my own voice, and it's very thrilling. Awesome. Um, Awesome. Well, you're doing a great job. Keep at it. before we dive too deep into heart, I'd love to just if you give me the kind of cliff notes version. Um, you know, we heard a little bit of your bio there, but but how did you find yourself in this current position? Give me the little cliff notes catch up of of how we are here today. Yeah, sure. Um, well, so I'm an alum of the program. I actually went through the music theater program once upon a time, and um, you know, as I kind of navigated my own career, my my launch into the industry, I've always really stayed close with uh, the Hart School, just because I had such an amazing time, and it was such a transformative experience for me that I never really lost touch with my faculty members, with with the training. I um, often between gigs, I would come back up here and see shows and and guest lecture and. I just, you know, I've always wanted to be a part of the fabric, a part of the landscape here. So I, um, as I went and got, after I got my master's and I started teaching more than I started performing, I found my way back here, uh, kind of doing adjunct work, you know, here and there, a semester here, a show directing here. And, um, I just kind of started to stay. They started to mm-hmm. kind of keep me around. And, um, you know, as COVID happened and everything kind of shut down, uh, I really took that as a as an opportunity for me to, you know, really make a make plant roots here. So I've been here since 2019. And um, this year is my first year taking over as chair. So it's been a lovely uh, progression. You've successfully become part of the fabric. You've turned yourself into <laughs> fabric. That's true acting yeah. to do that. There you go. There you go. Cotton blend. Cotton blend, really. Oh, yes, of course. I wouldn't <laughs> think nothing less of you. But okay, I, I want to ask this, but I'm embarrassed to ask this, actually. So I'm going to ask it recording, and we almost certainly won't include in the pod, um, which is, why are there two T's on heart at the end, but Hartford doesn't have the two T's in it? Right. It's a it's a it's a very old. I mean, there's a long tradition of the Hart School. The Hart School started as an opera program, uh-huh. and they thought it. Uh, they got a bunch of donors together in the University of Hartford because the Hartford Univers- University of Hartford is broken up into several schools, and this being the music school. So to differentiate between the University of Hartford, they add the Hart School of Music. So it started school. as the Hart School of Music, uh-huh. and that's simply because you know some big wig who paid a lot of money wanted their name on the door so they called it the heart school of music and that person's name was heart yeah who just sure. and it had nothing to do with hartford just two separate things yeah sure why what why the not weirdest coincidence that is amazing that is i was sure the t was going to stand for something or something oh i wish no no a little extra t <laughs> okay so let's get to it then in terms of um sort of in in a summation as you've had the experience of seeing heart students and especially now as you've taken over as chair what do you think it means to be a heart acting or a heart musical theater student? Um, well, I think what it means to be a heart student is, um, you know, with all these BFA programs, there's so many of them, right? So what is distinguishable between um, one program or another? There's the always, the exactly. at, Ricky, tell at, us. of course, of course. And then I, I wish I had the, the golden answer to all of that. You know, all programs really desire a student that's going to be uh, focused, that is going to be ready and game and hungry. Um, what we look for at heart is we look for a lot of potential and we look for someone who's going to work hard, but also really take in. We're such a process oriented program that we are in the business of training people who not only are successful in the industry, in the business, but also people that just want to take on lots of lessons to push themselves past the their breaking point and understanding that on the other end of it is where the actual growth is. So our students are dedicated, our focus, I'm sure a lot of programs say the same thing, but we're also, pre- we're pretty good at finding really great likable people 
Um, really great humans. That's, uh, you know, when I walked down the hallway, there's just a, a bevy of really amazing humans that I get to teach every day. And that is, I think, one of the really cool things about the heart students. And, and, and they're all just so kind and warm. We don't really nurture a very cutting or competitive spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, com- you know, there is a competitive nature to what we do with casting and such. But um, for the most part, you know, there's such a, it's a healthy com- competition, you know, people are wanting and going after the the roles that they're going after. But then at the end, they're like, Oh, man, I really wanted that part. But I, that person, I'm so glad they got it. And I'm going to, I'm going to be supportive. And I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of this show in another regard, or, you know, what have you. So it's that really great support system that our students are, are really capable of that I find um, really does make what a hard student is. I love it. And I do think to compliment the younger generation, we sometimes talk sort of on the pod about generational differences and how, you know, it was when I was a kid and how it is now. And But I do think it's a lot of these um, young people, you know, this is not just true of students, 17, 18 year olds today, but I feel like since we've been doing this, our students have are so good at that, are so good at the supportive, not yeah. cutthroat, not, I mean, I feel like what I was going through, it was a little bit more like, Yes, I got it. And oh my gosh, no, she didn't. Oh, isn't that like where I never yeah. see that? I mean, all of our students right now are in that acceptance mode of, oh my God, there's another great one, another great one. Yeah. And you don't see students going, oh, I can't believe she booked this school. You know, people are yeah. so warm and supportive. I agree. I agree. And you know what? We're on the precipice of something too, I think, generationally. Um, these people, these young artists that are coming through these programs, they're changing the face mm-hmm. of American theater. Mm-hmm. They just are. And we are, I mean, those of us old fogies, out here talking We're both about very the young. Ricky and I are very young. Let's be clear. Yeah, like, exactly. Everyone exactly. is like just okay, fresh yeah. out. Yeah, right. Um, no, uh, uh, you know, looking down, look, looking um, down at the younger generations, it it is such a wonderful moment because we really are in this new age of how people are going to digest the American theater. And mm-hmm. it's really on the backbone of what you just talked about, the supportive, really generous, the generosity of spirit that mm-hmm. th- these younger generations are bringing to the table, which just allows for us as the teaching artists um, to uh, to really dive in and, and rethink the way that we teach, which I love it. I, students are, re- are teaching me all the time, and I love that. I love it. Okay, so, so I think we're in a moment. So take me through this curriculum. I know, understand for the most part the teachers or, or the students are teaching you, but for the times when you're teaching them, take me through uh, this curriculum a little bit of like yeah. freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. I come in, I'm open, I'm curious, I'm ready to be pushed beyond my boundaries. What am I going to learn over the course of those next four years? Sure. It, it's really important to us um, that, especially in the acting curriculum, and I can talk about all the different you know disciplines that we offer, um, but you know, with the acting, the AT program, the actor training program, and the music theater program, the AT or the MT, um, they, are, they both learn acting at the same, it's in the first two years, they're all mm-hmm. in the same acting class. It's not like the music theater majors are learning a different style of acting than the acting majors. Um, acting is acting. And so with us, in the fir- especially in the first two years, you know, they all take voice class together, a uh, voice and speech class. They all take a music theater chorus class together. They all take ballet together. They all take acting together. They all take movement together. So there is this, we're all learning from each other and everyone mm-hmm. has their own backgrounds and experiences and, and, and skill sets that the, we're all learning at the same rate. The only way, reason why we fork in our junior year 
is because the acting majors are learning more of a Shakespeare concentration because they have a London program that we um, immerse themselves in where mm -hmm. the, they study in abroad in London in a Shakespeare intensive. So we're kind of gearing them up for that. Whereas the music theater majors are still learning Shakespeare. They're still learning text analysis. They're still learning all the, the various facets of their acting curriculum, but they're also taking on more dance classes. They're taking on uh, more singing classes. Acting through song comes into play. There's lots of uh, more concentrated um, areas that the juniors and seniors get up to. But when you're a first year or a second year, everyone's learning at the same rate. They're all doing the same plays. They're all doing the same uh, curricular, curricular trajectories as everybody else. And I think that nurtures also like, okay, well, just because you're a music theater major or you're an acting major, this doesn't mean that there's any, you know, there's not much of a difference. Everyone's mm -hmm. learning at the same rate. I love it. And then talk me a little through, so for the non-theater um, classes and just generally outside of the, the theater uh, part of the university, what else do I get to do as hard, at heart if I'm an MT and an acting major? Yeah. And, and you know what? Personally, this is, I mean, everyone has a different take on this, but I feel like the BFA program is a very rigorous program, no matter how you cut it, right? Um, if, if you have a student that is a BA, you know, going for a BA program, that's going to be more academically driven, more theory-based kind of training. But a BFA is all, you know, practical application of, of doing what they love, right? Um, but for my money, the academics play just a bigger, uh, have a bigger, just as much of an impact as the concentration of the conservatory classes. Mm -hmm. So in our training program, 66% um, of the, their time spent either in the AT or the NT program will be focused in the concentration of their choice. Mm -hmm. The other 33% and, you know, give or take, you know, half a point here, half a point there are the academics. Um, many of our students take advantage of the minoring opportunities that we have um, because they want to be well-rounded, you know, humans. Again, going back to being humans, you know, we want our, our students to feel like they can study other things besides what they love to do. There's lots of room for lots of different passions in the program that, that I represent. And we really nurture those kinds of kids that really want to have a wide berth, that really want to broaden the horizons, study academics, but also maybe take a minoring and mm -hmm. then do the five, six, seven, eight, and then do the big, great, big Shakespeare monologue as well. Mm -hmm. And talk to me about this, just to make, so I understand that I get the branching that happens at junior year. In the first two years, are musical theater majors also getting additional classes you know, in, in singing and dancing that goes beyond what the actors are doing? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's that's a great distinction. Yes. Um, the music theater majors, starting right at their first year, they will be taking ballet and jazz, and they will continue ballet and jazz all eight semesters. Uh, mm -hmm. They will be taking private voice every week. Um, all four years. They um, After their freshman year, we give them coaches so they get to work 30 minutes with a coach uh, for the for the latter three years. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a hardcore concentration of music theater majors get. Um, and then, you know, the ATs get a little bit more of a movement-based curriculum, a little bit more voice and speech, a little mm -hmm. bit more dialect. So that, you know, as far as the uh, first two years go, there is delineation in that they are learning their concentrations. Totally makes sense. Just a Venn yeah. diagram there. Well, and then <laughs> not to make you speak for the uh, musical theater program, but um, if you had to say, um, and I know it's so biased to ask an actor what the, the concentration of a musical theater program is, but uh, how is there a discipline that it feels like heart focuses more in the musical theater world of, of acting, singing, dancing? Is there a little more emphasis on one of the or two of the stools than the other? Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I there is you no. Know, we train e e them equally. 
you know, we, we, we are really hoping that our students, while they're with us for four years, they have a very great understanding of all three disciplines. Um, that is why they have private voice all four years. That is why they have ballet and jazz all four years. They, we had tap in the sophomore year. Um, that's why they have acting all eight semesters. We are giving a foundation because we want them to have all the disciplines, at least a very good understanding and a confidence that mm-hmm. they can really, ma- they have mastered all three disciplines. I love it. And I keep saying all three stools when I mean all three legs of the stool. I started saying legs of a stool like a month ago, and now I just keep saying oh. the stool of musical theater. But that sounds not like what I mean when I say stool. We're going to have to unpack this stool metaphor. This is, no, this this is, is Sigmund yeah. Freud was not going <laughs> to like this. This is too much. Well, that, that's going to be a longer podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> um, is there anything else outside the university, just in terms of the experience of going to heart? I mean, my impression would be it's very cold. Is that true? Um, but tell me about like what what is the university experience itself? Um, that I'd be getting uh, beyond just the, yeah, the theater. You know, you know what, what's cool about us? I mean, it's Hartford, Connecticut. So we are in New England. It's a little colder, but not much. I mean, you know, it's not as crazy as like if you were living in Maine or Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York or something. It's, it's, it's closer to New York. I mean, we're only two hours north of New York. So, and I think that's one of the benefits. The Hartford is okay. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's the capital of Connecticut. Um, it's a great city, but I think what, what's great about it is that that is close and in between two major mm-hmm. great, greater cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but our campus is in the, the suburbs. It's in West Hartford. So it's a very pretty, very rolling greens and lots of parks and really beautiful, like old Victorian mansions and things. Um, really beautiful place to have, uh, have campus life. But our campus, our, our theater campus is actually a satellite campus. It's about five minutes away, um, down the block. It's about two mm-hmm. miles away. So, and our uh, our campus is only ours. We share it with the dance division, but it's really mm-hmm. just the dance and the theater division's kind of playground. So, while we have this, you know, macrocosm of this big university life, the the satellite campus is really just for the artists that train within our, our curriculum. I love it. Um, my last question on this section is just, you know, as all of these students are now making their final decisions, many of MTCA students are sitting there going, I have multiple options. What do I do? Yeah. As you find students are saying no to heart, why do you feel like they're, they tend to say no? If, if you get to hear back when they say, you know what, I went with a different school. Why do you feel like yeah. that is often the case? And you know what, we, we want to know those things too. You know, we, we, I mean, as you know, um, doing the line of work that you do, we, you know, we, we go on a journey with these, with, e- mm-hmm. with each of these students, you know, they start when they first send us their pre-screens. And then if, if they're invited to do a callback and then, you know, the correspondence that goes along with that. And of course, you know, all the tours and, and the visits and, and seeing shows and, and connecting with current students, there's a, there's, you know, we, we really do fall in love with all of our, our, our mm-hmm. applicants. And so um, it is a hard thing to kind of say, okay, yes, of course, we want the best for you. Um, what are the reasons why you've decided to go to another university? It A lot of it comes down to, it always comes down, I'm sure you know, to financial, you know, mm-hmm. finances. Um, you know, our scholarships are good, but they're not as great as others. I, mm-hmm. I can say that. Um, if the students were to come here and visit and see how engaged our our um, MTs and ATs are in their classes, getting to interact with faculty, getting to see the shows that we produce, um, really understanding what we do here. Those are the students that actually come because they really know, oh my gosh, I can see mm-hmm. myself 
in these rooms, in these studios. Um, you know, it just, but a lot of the reasons that I believe if I'm going to be completely transparent has to do with scholarships and scholarship mm-hmm. opportunities. If someone can offer you more scholarship money and we're at our cap and we can't get you, get you anymore, no matter how much uh, we plead for that particular mm-hmm. kid, student, of course, they're going to go to where there's more money. Of course. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, anything else that we miss? Anything else that you always want to brag about uh, about Hart? Where you go? Oh, I'd love to talk about this. Um, you at least mentioned the um the junior year uh, study abroad program for the yeah, actors. Yeah. Um, anything yeah. like that that you would want to throw in there as well? One hundred percent. Oh, I could talk all day about the how I can brag about this program. Um, so the. The one thing that I think is really cool for both the music theater and the acting majors is that we have professional partnerships in lined up for both the acting majors and the music theater majors. Um, the the acting majors get to perform on the Tony Award winning stage of Hartford Stage right down the road mm-hmm. from us. Um, it's where Gentleman's Guide started. It's um, it's where Anastasia started. So you know our students are engaging with huge Broadway talented talent, both acting and directing and stage management, um, and they get to perform on that stage. It is a guarantee every acting major leaves with Hartford Stage on their resume. So that is a really big coup for us because we can really, we can offer that, that acting major, the opportunity to have this really awesome professional credit, not, Mm -hmm. not to lessen any really great summer stock opportunities that our, our students get while they're with us, but having a really great regional house on their, on their resume with an amazing director um, is such a coup for us. And, and Mm -hmm. it actually not only is a really great resume, resume builder, but they actually learn what it is to be in a professional environment, what it's like to, you know, have to show up and, um, you know, really engage with Broadway, you know, Broadway talent. And it's not mm-hmm. just acting with their peers. They're actually acting with professional artists. Um, it's a really unique opportunity that we can offer our ATs. Now, our MTs get the same kind of professional uh, uh, partnership with Goodspeed Musicals, Goodspeed Opera House, which is mm-hmm. down the road a little bit further. But all of our MTs get to perform in their new play festival, new works festival that happens once a year. And our MT4s, our fourth year MTs, just got back from there. They workshop three new musicals mm. um, in rep. And each of them gets to really work with new composers, uh, really engage with new work, understanding what that's like, learning new pages, new songs, and then having it all being scrapped. Or actually, you need to play this part because this part, blah, 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 blah. Or mm-hmm. actually, I took this song down a third because you really can't sing that high note. All that stuff. Um, we give them that opportunity to work. They're fourth with these- year MTs. They can't sing the high note. Come on, Ricky. Why is all the private voice lessons <laughs> happening? Well, sometimes they tailor the song to the actor that's that singing, right? They'd be like, "Sorry, uh, you're capped at a high C." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm capped." Okay, just deal with it. <laughs> if we can lower a key for Sutton Foster, we can lower a key for anybody. Talk about it. Talk Thank about you, it. Megan. Thank you. Thank you. Testify, please. <laughs> um, so it it, it does. It, it, it's a unique opportunity. Goodspeed is an absolute amazing partnership that we have been able to nurture over the years, and so all of our music theater majors not only have good speed on their resume when they graduate, but also they have this amazing opportunity to work on new work, things that have never been produced before. Our students were the first to workshop Come From Away um, before it came down to New York. So that opportunity, I mean, they're working with amazing new composers like Eric Yoa. I mean, people who are right on the thumb of this industry our students who really get to engage with them for t- a solid two weeks at good speed. Um, the other opportunities professionally is that we have all these major, we're kind of in the sweet spot for all these great theaters. Uh, two of our students are in a new play that's going on at theater works Hartford right now. Um, so they're not doing the show that we're doing here in our, in our season. They're actually working professionally and getting EMC points at this amazing reputable um, regional house at theater mm-hmm. works. Super cool. And then tell me a little bit more about that junior year study abroad as well. Yeah, so um, 
we have been sending our ATs to London for about 20 years now. And basically what happens is by their third year, uh, they have learned so much about how to produce work. Um, but we, we kind of take it a step further. We get, we send them to London to, and they work in a conservatory called the Downst- uh, Downtown Shakespeare Lab, where mm-hmm. they are working with a whole other new faculty that, uh, that are British based. So they're learning from a whole new um, way of kind of performing classical text. Uh, they spend two and a half months. They go over there in January. They just, they're just got back this week. And they're working seven days a week in a, an immersive, very intense Shakespeare training program where they are, they, they did three shows in two and a half months. They got to perform on the Globe stage. They get to see West End shows. They're going backstage. They're meeting West End actors and directors. They have master classes with all these amazing guest artists that are from the West End and the London stages. It's a very, very comprehensive opportunity that we're able to give our um, third year ATs. And you know what, they're ready for it at that time. And it's Mm -hmm. not like it's a chaperone thing. They are living in London, we kind of drop them off in the middle of London. And they've got to be responsible for learning the tube and learning how to get to the studios on time and, and really immersing themselves in in what it's like to be a working actor and 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 a student in a different culture which is amazing. And, and we're very excited about this program. It, it always transforms these ATs. They come back and they think, oh, we're, we know everything. We're super cool. We've been living in London. Shakespeare who? Shakespeare what? It's actually an amazingly transformative uh, two and a half months for them. So they're just about to come back and, and we start the Tempest tomorrow, tomorrow night. Is the is the study abroad just for um, ATs or is it can MTs also apply? The study abroad is just for ATs, but we have other study abroad broad, uh, opportunities. Um, they do they can, we can we can send the MTs to to London for the two weeks before we go to London with the ATs, and they just go to the West End shows. They do like seven or eight West End shows and get to bop around London. And then we have an Italy program that the MTs take as well. That's just two weeks right before the the winter semester starts. So cool. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm jealous of both. I want to g- go there. I want to perform on the globe and then I want to come to the Tempest with you guys. So this is Seriously, getting me too excited, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> um, well, let's take a short break. And on the back end of the break, we will talk a little bit about the heart audition process. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Well, we are back with Ricky Oliver, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the heart audition. And I'm going to ask you, I think, the hardest question to ask uh, an auditioner. But in short, what do you think makes a great audition for you? What? Well, okay. So the, my first answer, part of this answer is, you know, we're new to the whole pre-screen process. This is our second year doing it, and the first, the first, last year was really solely because we didn't. There were no live auditions, right? Mm-hmm. So this is we've we've maintained the pre-screen kind of format, and it really works for us. So 
it's so weird. It's so bizarre to get look at these pre-screens. They just they're bizarre, mm-hmm. and there's no way to make it not bizarre, right? You're you're in a you're in a you have a screen behind you, and you're kind of like, am I in the frame? Do you hear my music? All that. So we take all that for granted. We take all that under consideration when we look at every single pre-screen. Um, what I think makes uh, really good something that sticks out in my head is somewhat is again I keep on going back to this word but I'm looking for a human I don't want an actor robot you know mm-hmm. I don't want someone's like hello I'm going to be singing ice vanilla ice cream from she loves me you know I just that is not interesting to us mm-hmm. even if she has that those amazing notes just like all the women that have sung before her it's mm-hmm. just we we're not looking for robots we want malleable really you know People who are just like, like, this is who I am. I may not have the low note on this, or I may have like my voice is cracked or whatever. I, if someone voice cracks and that's what's in their pre-screen, I'm like, okay, there's a reason why that. I want to know more about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like this imperfection, right? There's so much pressure to be perfect on these pre-screens, right? And I get it because you're you're sending them off to 30 schools, right? In the hopes that one of us will give you a callback and. I, I'm here to tell you, peeps. Like, there are more there are more of us than there are talented students like you, and certainly mm-hmm. the talented students that you have at MGCA. And I think that that there's the, that there's this conditioning in our heads to think that that's it's the opposite, but it's so mm-hmm. not true. There, there, there are um, there's so few of all of you that really make an impression. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do that in the weird minute that you're allotted to make a pre-screen, that's what I'm looking for. And it really does happen um, in the first slate. If you can show me who you are, that's something that we all kind of lean in for. And you want us all because, you know, we're looking at this computer screen and we're staring at you, you know, on, you know, a Sunday night trying to get through all these pre-screens that we have to see. And the minute I see, oh, who's that? I... I want to know more about that person. And then they do the work and then it's awesome. Mm-hmm. That that's 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 the golden um pre-screen, right? Um so that's what I have to say about pre-screen. It's just try to be as natural as you can, right? Mm. I know you guys you you do such a good job at at coaching and and mentoring your students and and the students that come in are always so lovely um when we can talk to them. But when we're just looking at a a, a pre-recorded video of them, any sign of humanity or just this is who I am is really great. I We do a wild card for the music theater uh, submissions. That's also really fun. I mm-hmm. mean, super fun. And be silly, be kooky, like do not take it too seriously. And again, we look at those too, because we want to see like, who is this person? Oh, mm-hmm. this person is a weirdo. I love it, right? <laughs> we love in originality and uh, um individuality you know we're not a cookie cutter program um i would be wary to say to if anyone said we are a cookie cutter program but we certainly are not we are heard it yet no one's yet to say we make star-shaped people exactly beautiful christmas cookies everyone's coming from a different background everyone's coming from a a different life a different experience everyone's working with different things Mm -hmm. so we're looking for a class of 25 original people Mm -hmm. a class of 12 to 14, 16 original actors that are going to come in and show us who they are every day. Because I'm sure, you know, when people are, um, you know, auditioning, I'm sure people say, "We, I just want my, I had a really wonderful 
profound acting teacher named Jen Waldman. I don't know if you guys know her, but she's an amazing acting teacher. And I had her in the city for many years. And, and one of the things she said about casting um, when she was, you know, when she was a director was, I'm looking for someone I can be in, in two 10 out of 10s with in mm-hmm. the dark in the theater. That's who I'm looking to cast, mm-hmm. right? At, at cer- a certain level, you think that everyone's talented. Everyone has to be talented. But it's really about how do I, can I, can I access that person? That's mm-hmm. going to be the, the thing that we look for in these pre-screens. And then, okay, so great. You did that. You have a great pre-screen. And we say, yes, let's go. Let's get this person a callback. Mm-hmm. Then in the room, if we're lucky enough to be auditioning in the room, it really is then, okay, so you're, you're about to come in here and you're nervous as hell. And uh, I'm going to try to make it okay for you. It's going to be very warm waters for you to come in and audition. It's the same thing. We're going to take for granted. We've already seen you hit the high note. We've already seen you do the amazing dramatic monologue or the great Neil Simon monologue. We've seen that. Now it's like, okay, well, how can we engage with you? Now it becomes a conversation. So the talent that you bring is, in my regard, secondary to what do you bring to the table? You know, and, and Tracy Moore, who's the, the chair of music theater, she's excellent at her job. And she's up there doing scales with you and making mm-hmm. you sing happy birthday just to throw you off and check your ear and all that stuff. It's, it's not about whether you can do it right. It's more about how are you when we throw work at you? Mm-hmm. How are you if we mess around with your monologue a little bit? Are you able to... Um, be open and say, oh, I've never thought of it that way. Let me try it. Or are you like, mm, I think I'll try it, but then I am so rigid and I'm a robot and I can't, we're not interested in, in, in bringing robots to our program. Mm-hmm. You know, and with all the technology advancements, I mean, we could, we could easily just get 25 <laughs> robots, but we're looking to train actors and humans, right? So um, when it comes to the callback and engaging with us, it's, you know, be yourself, but also like ask questions and, and make mm-hmm. it a conversation. So many students come in and they want to be like, I'm doing my work and I want to get the hell out because this is so effing scary. I'm here to tell you that it, it's all about a conversation. We want to engage with you. We want you to be the one that we are like, ah, oh, I just love talking to her about her the dress that she wore. I love talking to her about the snowstorm in Chicago when we were at the Unifieds. I love talking to her about, you know, oh, that's an interesting choice. Why did you do that note as opposed to this note? Or mm-hmm. why did you choose that song? It's such an off, off the beaten path. Or, oh my God, I love this Adele tune. I can't believe you're singing it as a guy. I love it. Oh my gosh, you've inspired me. Those are the kinds of things that we chat about. And if it's met with, uh-huh, thanks. It's, it's you know, it's a missed opportunity. Right, you can program better robots than that. They can do more than a thanks. Easily. Well, technology advancements, come on. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What is like, if you can think of like one of the best auditions you've ever seen or just a particularly memorable one, of course, you don't have to call it the student or, you know, uh, in terms of who it is, but uh, what is that audition and what was memorable about it? What made you, makes you go, oh, I still remember this years later? Uh, there was, oh gosh, now I am on the spot, my friend. Um, I think <laughs> there was there was one a uh, young man that came into the room and um, this is, you know, years back, maybe five or six years back and they were uncomfortable in their body. They just mm-hmm. were. And this was before we were um, having the conversation of trans youth about identity. We weren't really talking about gender expression mm-hmm. and um, they came in and just said, this is me. I I am authentic. I could not be more authentic in my skin. And they did all this. Ama- I mean, like getting 
emotional just thinking about because it, it was such a moving experience. And I was the only one in the room. It was an acting mm. uh, audition. Mm. And I just remember being so moved by the bravery and the authenticity of this particular student. And they just came in and said, I, I know what I look like, but I can't do that material. And I feel like I, I can only do the material that is going to show me off the best. And it was just so unprompted. It was so raw and mm-hmm. so real. Um, and I was like, yes, sir, come on in. Yes, mm-hmm. please tell me who you are. And it, it was, it was really amazing. And I, I say that um, because it stuck with me because now we're in this new landscape where it's mm-hmm. so much easier to do that. Um, and, and students like this young man, pave the way for other for students today to come in and and just say you know this is uh, yeah duh i mean i've had 17 auditions and this is who it is right but um it was so moving to me and and it just went back to the authenticity mm-hmm. this person said i got to do what i got to do mm. and I love it. he prefaced it with all of that and i said hell yeah you do like, is there any other choice? Mm-hmm. And ever since then, that is what I do look for in every student is that authenticity. And, you know, everyone's story is different. Everyone's uh, journey is different. But if you can offer a little bit of who you are in a really authentic way, boy, that's exciting. So true. It's so true. Um, now, if you had to estimate, so I love this conversation. I already were talking about sort of the skills that we're seeing monologue song dance or especially for you when you're looking at acting looking at the monologue skill if we can call acting a skill in that way at 17 years old but then how much of the decision is based on that versus some of those questions of like how they took the adjustment how they dealt with the interview question how they walked in the room right those sort of intangibles we talked about sure if you want to think of a percentage or how does it work in terms of how you're evaluating those different things i wish there was a, a cut and dry easy oh percentages and and you know letter grades and le- number scores i mean we give a very arbitrary score but it really is just how we engage with the the candidate right mm-hmm. um obviously everyone gets nervous so we take that into account um we if you're in the callback uh a portion of our audition process we already know that we like the talent that you've already been able to show on a pre-recorded video so we under we already understand what you're going to bring into the room. Um, it's how you invert it and how you present the work, right? Um, you know, so many so many students come in and they really, you know, especially in these like big kind of cattle call unified auditions where there's so many students and they and there's so many schools and these kids are going from one to another to another to another. They have mm-hmm. 17 callbacks in one day. I mean, on the 15th or 16th or 17th, they're done. Mm-hmm. But they push through and and that is admirable. But, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to engage someone that's ha- has a very tired voice. It's hard to mm-hmm. engage with someone who's like kind of glossed over because they're just Whoa, it's been a long day, right? Um so we take all that into account. There's not a cut and dry like, oh, they fudged the double pirouette so then therefore they're out. There's just mm-hmm. there we can I don't think any program if they're really being honest with themselves can really judge that harshly and and just be like well they're out oh they can't hit that high note out Mm -hmm. because again we're looking for ensembles so if they're going for that squelty note that you know uh, you know crazy you know 
uh, what's, you're about to do I it for us. You can sing it for us. Ricky. No, you, you, you I, can I, sing just, a little. I don't, uh, you, you're not paying me nearly enough to use my gifts. You're just not. Some people do it for the love of the art form. Uh, I don't know. It's all about commerce. I should do it for the children. I really should do it for the kids. Right. <laughs> no. Um, you know, if you're, you're doing like a crazy, you know, mean girls, screlty thing. Right. But you can't hit it. That doesn't mean that you're not talented. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you don't have all the other notes in, 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 in the song. It just means that you, you know, kind of botch the top note. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you pushed. Maybe you don't have great technique, but you, you have, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. So how can we say, well, didn't hit the high note, out. We can't really judge that. Um, we can't ju- judge in that regard. We can't do that. Um, we're looking for at an overall thing. And, and luckily, it's a team of us, right? So Tracy Moore is the chair of music theater. She's She's the one that's literally listening for the music and, and and watching the acting and and then we have Ralph Perkins who is the the director of our dance music theater dance program so he's doing the dance calls and then you have me who's the chair of actor training and the three of us really put our heads together and after everyone leaves we'll say okay so what did you think of him like well he um, he's not really a dancer but he had he picked up a couple things and oh mm-hmm. my gosh well he had this really great note but oh my his acting. Oh, and the three of us really are able to work in concert with one another to kind of um, figure out how the pecking order and, and, and who's getting accepted and, and who's on the wait list and et cetera. I love it. That was exactly my next question. You anticipated beautifully. Um, but you'll lead me on to then. So let's say the three of you put your heads together. You absolutely mm-hmm. love these however many students, 25 and 12 or 25 and 14. How does that work then with the academic university? Um, mm. Are there minimums that they have to pass? Is is there a, now a vote that the academic university gets? How does that work with you? We have a lot of say in who comes to the program artistically. They have to be accepted academically, right? And um, we definitely take into consideration, oh, this person, their GPA is just not, they're just not going to be accepted. Then, because we can, we can access that information. So we could see, okay, well, this person's probably not going to be accepted academically. So let's not push them further down the pipeline or, oh my gosh, we need to fight for this person, even though mm-hmm. they may not be the academically in the pocket, let's fight for them because we really see a lot of potential. There's a lot of, we do work in concert with the admissions team in that regard, but you know, sometimes they draw the hammer. I, um, but we artistically have a lot more authority into saying we need to, get this person now scholarship dollars are a whole other thing so um you know we i will say just being completely transparent that scholarship dollars that really you know add up are the talent based the artistic based scholarships the uh, merit scholarships and the academic scholarships are not as great as what we can offer um based on ability and that's not just because they hit the high note it's because of our it's our overall investment we want this person Mm -hmm. in the program and now, now you went down the scholarship path because so many of our students are at that place right now. I'm sure you're feeling it too. Um, oh how does that work? Do you have a certain pot that you're able to give? Is it a max per student or do you have a certain pot that you've got to give to the full 25 and 14 students um, in terms of what you can actually re- we, uh We have uh, certain pockets of, okay, this, this person is a X amount of dollars scholarship in mm-hmm. our hands. Um, and then there are there are only a handful for each mt or at that are like oh we these are these are who we really really want we really need to fight for them um for a number of reasons mainly because they might need a lot more aid mainly mm-hmm. because oh my gosh they're our killer and we and or mainly because there's just like yeah we see a lot of potential we could really work with the student so again all of these dis- all of these things make up the decision of of who gets what dollar amount um however 
there is a cap. We can only mm-hmm. we we can only go at a certain uh, amount, um, and we give you know we're able to, every year they tell us okay you can give x amount of these big scholarships and x amount of these scholarships, and then there's always a little bit of wiggle room. Again, it's mm-hmm. a year by year basis. I love it. Uh, that was really specific and I think very helpful for especially the parents. We have a lot of parent listeners who are going, oh, how does this work? And it's different school by school. And, you know, we, uh-huh. we say it's different each time and they go, but OK, but how does it work? Is it helpful sure. to hear some of that for sure? Um, let's just end with any, at least this section will end with any uh, piece of advice that you would give to maybe a, a prospective student. Could be to a senior right now who's kind of making decisions, could be to a junior who's just about to start this whole process up. What would be sort of your big advice? I would say... Um... I can answer it. So if you are considering us and uh, you've been accepted, I would say reach out to us. Let's connect, right? So many students are so um, frozen with indecision that they don't do anything. Let us chat with you. Let us invite you to see classes or connect with students. Or if you can't come visit us for whatever reason, let us get you on a virtual tour. Let us really roll out the red carpet for you and court you because we are highly invested in you. Um, so that's what that's my advice for t- uh, students that are deciding about our program. I'm sure they have lots of options. Most of your students are very super talented. I'm sure it's very hard for them to pick a, a one school, right? Um, so I would say if we are on your list, reach out to us. Let us know that you want to chat more because um, we have lots of things that we can give you. We can be hands-on or very hands-off, but there's so many students that are kind of like, eh, I'm so scared. I'm not going to reach out to anybody. And that's no good for anybody, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we don't hear from you. Then we're like, oh, this person might not be interested. And then all of a sudden they've deposited it on May 2nd. And we're like, what? Where, where did this person come from? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'll say about um, those students. The students that are just starting this process, keep going. This is great. <laughs> You're on the right track, right? You're already getting the right kind of training to get yourself groomed for the audition season. So this is great. Um Really sit with yourself because you're the only person that can make these decisions. So that requires you, yes, you have these really amazing coaches and, and mentors at MTCA, but do your own research. I'm, you know, make sure that you your list is a list of, that you're happy with. Don't let your parents, don't let your teachers, don't let MTCA tell you where you should go. You need to make that decision because it's a very big commitment and a very big investment on your part to spend four years at an institution like ours. And I would hate for you to come to my program just because your parents told you to, right? So that starts with the research. That starts with, oh my gosh, Hart has a London program? I want to know more about that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, Goodspeed? That's so cool. I know people that have done Goodspeed shows. That show came from Goodspeed, blah, 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 blah. That's cool. I want to go to that program. That then that's a part of your list, right? Not, oh, I want to go to all the top schools because that there's a list somewhere that says that the top 10 schools of music theater or the top 10 schools of acting are these. That's Moelle and Good, but that's someone that you don't even know that's telling you that, right? So you have to make that list. You've got to find it for yourself. Um, obviously, you have guidance, but ultimately, this is, decision has to be yours. Your list has to be yours. It is so, so true. Um, I, I want to wrap up with this idea of like looking at the kind of specific challenges of the past couple of years, sort of looking back and looking forward. What adjustments have you made, you know, in the past, let's say since 2020, whether it's from the demands of racial equity, whether it's about um, sort of the demands of a virtual world, just the different world that we're emerging from post-pandemic. Sure. Um, I'd love to hear sort of how hard has adjusted, especially in your new tenure um, yeah. as, as chair um, and sort of where you see yourself going in the next four or five years. Uh, 
this is an excellent question and I'm glad we can chat about it a little bit. I, um, Hart took a very hard stance on so many of these issues. Um, and, you know, our students, you know, came to us and said, we, when it came to racial, racial justice and uh, in 2020, when, you know, the world was starting to catch on fire and, and there was so, there was so much going on, right? And there was so much angst and anxiety uh, centered around so much of um, equality and diversity and inclusion. Um, and our students said, hey, you got to do better. You guys just have to do better. And we, as a, as a faculty, were like, yes, you're right, we do. And so the students of Heart started their own student group called the Artists of Color Alliance. And it is um, a group that is fully um, um, in our student body. And it is made up of our students of color and allies. And they are really pushing us to the forefront of social justice issues. Uh, they are really educating us in how do we uh, engage with diversity? How do we engage with in, uh, inclusive, inclusivity? That was one too many. There's one too many in there. Uh, somewhere in there. Yes. But um, they are, they are keeping us honest about how we are dealing with inclusion in the classroom, in our productions, the way that we um, interact in the world. Right. Um, they said to us, the first order of business was you need more faculty of color on, on, you know, you need more teachers of color on faculty. And that next semester, we had four, uh, we had 11 uh, teachers of color. We had started with one and now we have 11. So wow. we are listening and it is that conversation, right? Um, th these are hard conversations to have. And I think everyone was, especially in those times of 2020, everyone was either afraid or emotional about having them. And we just sat with ourselves, both the faculty and students, and we had many listening sessions and we got to work on stuff. We, we made very actionable plans to address some of these issues that come up, not just in our society, but in the microcosm of the Hart School. Uh, and it's been really successful. Our students feel really heard and listened to, um, and they're making a difference. And they're a part of how we are training the, the actors of tomorrow. And I'm internally grateful for the students that I've been able to engage with since two, 2020, because I feel like we've actually made some really exciting things happen. Um, they're a part of our play selection committee. They're, they're part, they come to faculty meetings. They really do engage with us in a very, very profound way. And that is one thing that came out of 2020 that will never be, um, that will, will never not have that. Mm -hmm. And so those are, that's one of the good things about 2020. As far as like COVID stuff, I mean, literally just today, we are able to take masks off, um, which is exciting. So our students now can work without masks. You know, all of our students are vaccinated and boosted. They had to be um, before returning to cl classes. So, you know, this whole year we have been in person. Since t 2020, we've been in person. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a hybrid, you know. Mm -hmm action going on. Some of the classes that we teach, like the on-camera classes that we teach, um, are on in a digital format because it's so e so much easier to to train um, acting for the camera while using a camera. Mm -hmm. So those those classes are in a digital format. We have a um, an industry professional that directs our uh, AT showcase and teaches the advanced actor acting for the camera, and he's based in LA. So, you know, he is zooming in and engaging with our seniors as they are developing the showcase. 
So cool. And then what about the 2022-23 audition season? I know we just wrapped this audition season. How could you know that? But are there some, any virtual auditions that you're keeping? I mean, I assume you're hoping to be in person, but I don't want to We are hoping to be in person. Although, you know, because we have a bunch of eager beavers all the time auditioning for like 30 different programs, we're always going to have some format of a digital audition um, landscape just because it's so easy for students that are trying to negotiate all the 30 different auditions to, to make time for everyone. So Mm -hmm. we are doing, you know, we, we engage with students uh, virtually. Um, But as soon as we can just scrap all that, we will, but I'm sure there's always going to be a a, a virtual audition date. Unfortunately, that's really out of our hands. The admissions team really comes up with that information. We can offer our thoughts, but ultimately it's the admissions team that really decides on that. Totally makes sense. Um, anything we didn't get to hit today? Anything that you, you, if you had on a little, oh, I wanted to make sure I talked about this tonight, but um, anything that we didn't uh, touch on yet? Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the showcase, we didn't really chat about the career launch. Um, yes, so, you know, I'm all about process. You know, around here, we're all thinking about how we better train our actors and, and our singers and our dancers. And um, one thing that we do really offer our students is that senior year, we do offer a showcase. Um, they are split. So the ATs do a more digital, more film and television based showcase that we started just this year that has had ex- amazing results. And because of the digital format uh, of that showcase, our students are able to be um, learn how to be bi-coastal. They're engaging mm-hmm. with uh, agents and talent representatives in LA and in New York, which is huge. We've never been able to offer that to our students. And it's been such an amazing and successful um, uh, uh, partnership that we are moving forward with that, um, which is really cool. The music theater usually has a showcase in New York, um, which is highly successful we we have so many industry professionals come to that unfortunately this year with covid and stuff we are going to do another digital showcase for the mts but that is probably going to be scrapped because if we're getting ready rid of masks in march by the time next um may comes around they're going to have a live uh, showcase gosh willing gosh yeah. willing indeed gosh willing uh- um, I'm so glad you hit that. That was really great. Um, that's, that's good to know. Um, if students wanted to follow you, we know we found your Instagram is at heart mtat22. Just kind of guess how many T's are in that at different times. Um, is, uh, is there are there better places for them to follow you, you guys a lot? Uh, yeah, I mean, every one of our students has a an Instagram. Uh, every one of our classes has an Instagram handle. Um, the if you want to start just following the Heart School. Um, that's a good way to kind of get started with like connecting just universally. And that's all student generated. We are old and do not know how to broadcast and do social media. I'm, I can barely turn on my computer. So, um, yeah, Ricky and I are actually in our eighties. It's amazing. Yeah. We sound great, but when you look at us, it's bad. When you, Oh it. my God, it's like death becomes her up in here. <laughs> um, Ricky, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I'm very happy to be, I mean, you guys always have such wonderful students. They always are such stars in our programs. And we're just so thrilled that you guys are um, sending so many great kids our way. And if there's anything that we can do to, to connect year after year, please, you just have to let us know and reach out. Will do. So sweet of you to say. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Ricky. I found him to be effervescent and charming as always, as well as profoundly intelligent, a true joy to chat with. 
Um, one small takeaway that seems appropriate for this time of year is just to talk about scholarships. Um, I won't go incredibly deep on this one since it really could be an hour-long webinar. In fact, we do four of them from February through May. So it's like four hours of content if we're really going to get into scholarships and, and all the nuances. Um, but I just want to expand a bit on something you heard Ricky and I talking about there in the different ways that schools can allocate money. As with so many aspects of this process, and I think this is especially infuriating for parents who know like the normal collegiate process, that was normal in quotes there, um, there's not a lot of consistency with how scholarships work from school to school. The only consistency is inconsistency and in that like all schools are going to have some scholarships, but it works very differently from school to school. There can be academic money. There can be talent money, and sometimes that word merit is used confusingly to kind of talk about either of those categories, and schools will use that in, in different ways. And then there is negotiation, which is a whole other barrel of worms. This is setting aside need-based money, which I think tends to be a bit more cut and dry and, and knowable, whether you qualify for need-based aid. And then the academic is also a bit more discoverable with the right tools in advance. But the talent slash merit portion of it and the negotiation portion of it is really never going to be known until the very end after you finished the negotiating process. And even with that, all these schools are going to play differently. Some are going to be aggressive right at the top with a big offer. Other schools are going to start smaller but could go up if you negotiate. You heard Ricky here talking about a range he can move within. That's him talking about the limits of his negotiation and how he can pull that off. Some schools might have those certain ranges for certain kinds of students, where some might just have a total pot they can play with that they're trying to use and divvy out to get as many of the students that they actually want to come to the school with, of course, the smallest dollars possible. The specifics of all of this are actually not so important for you to know in terms of the mechanics of how schools work on the back end. But I do think it's helpful to know going into this process just generally what is possible versus what is not so you can help navigate the creation of a financially balanced list and at least approach the negotiation process with a bit of foreknowledge. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode and feel slightly more foreknowledged, please hit that subscribe button. We'd also love you if you rate us, if you review us. I suggest five stars if you are a cotton blend and an ironic five stars if you're exactly one kind of cotton and you like it that way. You can also check us out with questions, mailbag at Map in the College Audition. You can hit me and Megan directly. I'm at Charmer7. She's at Megan Marie 2014 You know if you want to work with MTCA, you can head to mtcollegeauditions.com and follow us on all the various social media platforms. To my young artists out there mapping their journeys, if you're actually a robot listening to this, I see you and I love you. I don't know why Ricky hates you so much, but here you are loved. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E 
org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.